Welcome to the Song Saloon. I'm your host and resident singer-songwriter, Jordan Smith-Reynolds. Today I'm meeting with a fantastic artist and one of my frequent collaborators, Melji. Melji writes music for recreational readers. Her music contains clever, playful, verbose lyrics over a unique blend of funky indie rock grooves with jazz-influenced harmonies. Aside from being a songwriter, Melji is a music school-trained session player specializing in bass, guitar, and guitar-like instruments. She has lived and traveled all over the world as a Navy brat and also someone who just gets bored easily, having lived in Japan for four years and Spain for one. Welcome, Melji. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. We're looking at your song, Frog and Toad, today, which is an homage to the Frog and Toad children's books. Yes. Yes. And you said that your song, Frog and Toad, is a celebration of autumn, friendship, and the art of noticing which I thought was such a great summary. So I had to say <laughs> it verbatim here. Yeah, where did this song come from? So I wrote this song on the first vacation I took, if you can really call it that, because I was kind of traveling out there to like still work. But the first trip I took after I moved to LA last summer was, yeah, in the fall. I met up with a good friend of mine, John, who's actually a musical theater composer. And we had both just been grinding away on our respective music scenes for like the entire, I don't know, last couple months. And we were like, this is going to be our break. We're going to stop working and we're going to enjoy life and like touch some grass and see some leaves. And that's exactly what we did. We took a road trip through New England in like peak to late autumn, stopping by a bunch of like roadside stands to try random little pastries and like checking out rivers and cows and stuff it was great it was exactly kind of what we needed yeah and and where was that in new england we started in upstate new york we went up to okay. maine and then we hit mm. a bunch of other places on the way back down including one of my friend's farms in massachusetts so cool yeah yeah i love new england so much and that that time of year is just magical there so yeah that, that's really cool I love that. Let's dive right into the song and then we can we can talk more about it. Sounds good. Grab your bag, let's hit the road. You be frog and I'll be toad. Apples are in season and they're all we're eating. Fire pit and reservoir, teach me how to skip a rock. I don't get the hang of it, I do all bangers, never skips. And we don't live to work, we work to live. We don't live to work, we work for this. Orchards may be dead by now, leaves have all but fallen down. Let's melt maple sugar on our tongues, blue milky way above. And we don't live to work, we work to live. We don't live to work, we work for this. Storm cloud black, 
nutmeg-scented bric-a-brac Towns that are the tranquil eye of time's tornado We fill up the car with words, sugar high and one and more I can't wait to show you spring out on the west coast Where we don't live to work, we work to live We don't live to work, we work for this So take a pumpkin, throw it off a bridge Don't you know the present is a gift? Grab your bag, let's hit the bricks Night is falling way too quick Take our time and wander home before the snow comes All right! Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yes, that was wonderful. Man, I love the imagery you painted that song. And it was, Thank you. Yeah, it, was, it sounds so great with just the acoustic guitar, too. I tried not to add much production-wise. I just wanted it to stay exactly the way it sounds like when I sing it around a campfire. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about is like, you know, being with friends in kind of an intimate campfire situation. So Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think that does fit it really nicely. Man, nutmeg-scented bric-a-brac. I really love that line, too. <laughs> um, it feels very New Englandy. You know, every single line in that song was like something we actually did or came across. Yeah? Yeah, like literally every single line. I was writing down in my notes app like everything we did and taking a bunch of pictures. And mm-hmm. literally after the trip, I was just like processing everything. And I just went through all the, the album, the notes. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have... I haven't deep dived on this song in your like social media posts and stuff around it. Do you have like video content with kind of like documenting your trip with the song? Yeah, I do actually. Okay, I need to check that out. Yeah, it's just found footage, I guess. Yeah. Do you have it organized in like a an official music video kind of setting or is it basically Not in the yet. post? Not yet. Yeah. It's just kind of like TikTok style where it's really just stuff from my camera roll, but definitely planning to shoot more, maybe something more official soon since it's that season again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Oh, and I also really love the lyrics that teach me how to skip a rock. I don't get the hang of it. I do all bangers, never skips. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm really bad at skipping rocks. I kind of just lob them like uh-huh. a granny shot into the lake. <laughs> Never skips, all bangers. That's pretty good. Um, And that's something I love about your songwriting and something that I hope as people come to appreciate your music and go check it out, um, that they can explore is just the, your focus on on lyrics that uh, that have wordplay. And yeah, it feels like you're smiling as you're singing like the whole song, which which I really like. I appreciate that in your songwriting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I mean, I do... I think I I just goof around a lot in general, like in life, and it Mm -hmm. comes through in my songwriting. I I, I like reading things like that. I like listening to things like that, like, you know, kind of playful stuff like Shel Silverstein Mm -hmm. or like even the, even like Childish Gambino zingers. Yeah. That's just the kind of writing I like. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about a few more of those influences. So you, you said Shel Silverstein, Childish Gambino. When you're reading, is it mostly like poetry kind of based stuff or is it like novels and things like that that you appreciate that kind of voice in? Um, I read a lot of fiction. I'm kind of just reading fiction all the time. Actually, it's kind of funny to be talking about this now because literally this this is the start of week four of The Artist's Way for me, oh, which cool. is 
the media deprivation week. And so mm. when I read that that was like the assignment for this week, I was like, oh no. And I scrambled to finish the last of like the Maya Angelou book that I've been reading. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, I, I love reading. I read all the time. My favorite book ever is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. A, a close second would probably be like Catch-22. Yeah, they're all just like very rambling, absurd books that sort of like create a universe and then make fun of the entire thing. Very cool. I don't think I've ever read... No, I haven't read Hitchhiker's Guide yet. I've just seen the the movie version of it. Um, so you recommend... Yeah, I, I got to say the the movie of Hitchhikers is the best film adaptation of a book that I've ever come across. Wow, okay. And it's it's a five-book trilogy, as as the author likes to call it. <laughs> the five-book trilogy. And what was the other book you mentioned? Catch-22? Yeah, Catch-22. Okay, cool. So lots of reading influences. What other... Um, influences have you had musically I know you you jump around quite a bit to different instruments and you're helping out on a lot of other musicians projects doing guitar and bass I thought you were a bass player when I met you because you've done like so much bass playing and other things that I've seen so yeah how'd that come about I think a lot of bass players kind of come to the instrument the same way which is like oh your bass player quits so yeah there were just too many guitarists available like I I think I was playing in like something super duper random like this like hot jazz trio with a couple guitarist friends of mine from you know music school and yeah we had a bass player he disappeared don't remember what happened but I decided it was easier to just buy a bass and figure it out than to like find another bassist Mm -hmm. and it worked out pretty well I think yeah, and then you get hired as a bassist for all these other projects as well. Yeah, but it's certainly not like once once you kind of get us like deep enough into it, it's it becomes a manifestation of like your personality. You know, which instrument mm-hmm. you gravitate towards. Bass is a supporting role, and you kind of have to like, yeah, like being behind the scenes and like shaping things in a certain way that doesn't necessarily equal like being in the spotlight. True. Yeah, I found it to be a good fit for like where I want to be a lot of the time. Just the role that a bassist plays in the band. Right. Yeah, and so you come from a music school background. Were you writing throughout school as well? That's that's an interesting question because yes and no. I was writing for like, you know, our assignments essentially. I was not very like in touch with my songwriting at the time. Mm-hmm. I was very much trying to like force myself like like a square peg in a round hole into the the role of being, you know, a very technical jazz like instrumentalist. And it took a really long time for me to admit I just don't like that stuff. Yeah. It was like low key a little whiplashy. Uh-huh. Yep, got to love that that teacher abuse that they call training. <laughs> uh, I've I've had some of that experience with classical coming from my classical background for vocal. Oh, at yeah. least at least relating to what you're saying about, you know, trying really hard to fit something that just didn't quite work. I love the challenge of singing classically and that the, the technical challenge of that. But yeah, I just love songwriting and contemporary styles of, of singing too much to, to really dedicate everything that I needed to to succeed in a classical way. 
And I also think there's, you know, there's a talent component, like your instruments are built a certain way that, that lends mm. itself better to classical stuff. You can argue that passion really can mold you into to what you want as well. But I had a friend that was like in high school singing like full classical tenor, like, and I could hear, like, it's, it sounded like a, at least a college level classical tenor at that point and a very, very, very good one. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's what you need to have to like continue and like really make something happen in classical. At least just that was my experience with it. physical advantage? I think so. I think like just, yeah, body structure and everything. Like, you know, people can be set to be a bass singer, like have all the low notes kind of, and that's just kind of physiological. Mm -hmm. You have access to those things. I, I think there is to some extent some of that that plays into helping you sing in different styles better. And you can, I think you can work really hard to do well in some of them, but you might just be quicker to, to jump in. That's, that's interesting. Now, I, I, I kind of try to combat that a lot with like my, my guitar students because I get, I get the excuse a lot of like, oh no, I can't do this. My hands are just too small yep. or the opposite. I have sausage fingers. I couldn't possibly play the ukulele. And I just feel like it's, it's always, at least with guitar, it's just a matter of what you get used to. Weirdly enough, I feel kind of like what you're saying about, well, it, you know, when your voice is your, wait, what? When your body is your instrument as a vocalist, yeah, there are like certain things that are just kind of like built in. I feel like that's a little bit of what I was getting at earlier with the whole like certain personalities gravitate towards certain roles in the band thing. Mm, mm -hmm. Like that's the part that's a little bit like pre-assigned to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting because the body is the voice um, that really does change things because like, you know, maybe your body is set up to be more of a cello, but um, mm. there's also like heavy metal cellists that do really cool things and use the instrument in weird ways. But so, yeah, you could, I think you can mold what you have to fit basically whatever you're passionate about. But to some extent, you, you are the instrument that you are. <laughs> yeah. Damn. If that makes any sense. <laughs> bringing it back to your music you said you you weren't so focused on songwriting in your music school and you've also played in a lot of supportive role based things what came first your your passion for more songwriting stuff or more of these gigs where you're doing more supporting role stuff outside of college so the songwriting definitely came first i started playing guitar pretty young like I don't know, 10 or 12. 12 is when I like really got serious and I like stopped all my other hobbies and just put like my entire like focus into playing guitar, but, like every spare second I had. And sometimes like time that I was supposed to spend on other things, I would just be in my room practicing guitar. But mm -hmm. songwriting came pretty quickly after that. So like, I don't know, I would just write and write and write and like I never got tired of it. And I think that the instrumentalist thing was only ever meant to be a detour to be like, you know, okay, like I'll learn theory or whatever for four years to, to be eventually in service to my songwriting and composition. Mm -hmm. That's great. And how has it served you as a songwriter doing all that technical work? Well, now when I hear something in my head, I can just pick up the guitar and now like 
play it exactly the obstacle of expressing my ideas on my instrument is is much smaller than it used to be like there's there's less of a barrier i guess between me and my instrument or rather me and the expression of my thoughts yes yes i think that is one of the best benefits of being technically trained and something that you know there there are people that are a little nervous about learning theory do you know these these folks that like they're like mm -hmm. worried that it'll fight like the the inspiration that comes to them and like that is the trick. As you become more and more trained, you do want to figure out how to stay inspired and keep the the magic component in your songwriting. Um, so I do think that is important. But I think you summed that up really well. It, like, at its best, technique should be helping you with your expression. You have the idea in your head, and you can translate that to something that is in the physical world. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, I don't know, dude. I feel like after a while, you kind of circle back around to thinking stuff is magic again, even if you do know how it works. I mean, like, I love, like, the Beatles. And for a long time, I thought I had to like really complex stuff. Like, I wasn't allowed to mm -hmm. like stuff that <laughs> was just kind of like one, four, five, six. And now I've circled back around to like, dude, who cares? You know, it's it sounds good. It's tasty. It makes my headaches go away. Like, this is the reason I fell in love with music in the first place. And so I probably listen now to more Green Day than I ever did. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. I mean, guitar was like my instrument of choice for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were you getting into more like kind of prog rock stuff when you were figuring out guitar before college? Or was it more jazz oriented even before? Before college? Yeah, it was It was a lot of rock. I mm -hmm. mean, I, I love like Linkin Park. Yeah, I played a lot of Blink-182, Green Day, OK Go, Apples in Stereo, Rise Against, a, a mm -hmm. lot of punk. Yeah. Yeah, Rise Against. That brought me back for a minute. Oh, um. Yeah, they're so sick. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack, basically. Very good. Yes. Essential listening. That's awesome. And so lyrically, you're influenced a lot by your reading. And musically, you have this rich technical background that you've worked with. Where do you see your project going, Melji? So you have this this really folksy song that came out, and you have Propeller Hat um, before mm -hmm. then. Yeah, wh where do you see the project going? Do you see it in encompassing a lot of different genres, depending on uh, where you're at in your songwriting journey and how you're feeling? Or, yeah, do you have a set structured plan? Yeah, that is the question with, like, an ever-evolving answer. Mm -hmm. But I'm happy to say there is a semblance of an answer. Yeah, it's it's been kind of strange, like, finding my sound after having released things and then, you know, maybe feeling like, oh, this isn't really what I sound like anymore, but it's it's still out there. But yeah, I've played a couple shows recently with a trio just under my name. But yeah, I have a fantastic guitarist and bassist. Or wait, I'm the guitarist. Bassist and drummer <laughs> who just are like totally musically on the same wavelength as me and also like cool. personality wise. So I feel like, you know, that energy is, is a big part of what I want from the project. Mm -hmm. Basically, we're like, I'm finding my sound and I feel like I'm closer to it than ever. So the, the goal with the project is to, yeah, keep playing shows now that I know what I want them to sound like and put out an EP sometime next year. Wonderful. Yeah, if you were to slap some genres on your music, 
like for the EP, what would you throw it at? Uh, kind of baseline indie rock, indie pop, but definitely with like those kind of rambling, like great American songbook esque oh, chord cool. progressions that I I liked so much in jazz school. The the kind of music that I I really like is like. Okay, go apples and stereo type stuff. Mm-hmm. Apples and stereo. I'm not as familiar with. Is that that's a band? Apples and stereo. Yeah, they're they're a weird little indie band. They did some stuff for the Powerpuff Girls. They might have been on like the soundtrack to you know one of those like Juno adjacent type films. They're okay. very much a band that I don't know if they want this, but the fandom definitely wants people to be like, is that a band? Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So is it kind of like, what do you say, They Might Be Giants is like a similar style type of thing or no? I'm not really familiar with them. I feel like I should be. They Might Be Giants. They do, um, they did the Malcolm in the Middle theme song, but they've also done their own music besides that. Oh, I really like that song. Yeah. Yeah, um, that theme song's a banger. Uh-huh. And also the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse song for little kids so like they got range cool <laughs> multitudes yes okay i'll have to check them out okay go does some really cool stuff too i love what they do with video work oh too. yeah it's, yeah it's unreal the the ideas they come up with and like they just keep coming up with them too it's it's so wild. fun yeah yeah that's awesome and what, what projects are you working on right now? So you have your own music, but you're also collaborating with quite a few LA artists. Do you have anything exciting you're working on in that side of things? Uh, well, I do play bass and mandolin for our very own Jordan Smith Reynolds from That's time That's what to I was time. waiting for. So I think <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you so much. Yeah. I love playing music with you. We actually just played at writer's block or you played mandolin and that was mm -hmm. super fun mm -hmm. um but yeah totally wasn't fishing for for that but yeah are there any other uh, mm -hmm. projects you're working with that have that have been fun um since i've been here i've done a couple musical theater things and cool. that was like a, a big part of what i played when i was in san diego which is where i moved here from i don't know i it's funny, yeah. whenever anyone asks me like oh what do you listen to or who do you play with i forget every yeah. musical engagement I've ever been a part of. I just, I, I play with a lot of people. I don't know. It's cool. I have fun. That's fair, especially as a gigging musician. Have you ever thought about doing musical theater as well? Is that an interest of yours to pursue as oh, a songwriter? Oh, you mean like, like singing and acting kind of thing? I was thinking more like comp composing, like writing yeah. music for musical theater. That, yes. Composing for theater. I... I love like writing as part of a story. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'd be, yeah, like super duper fun, but more so in the, in the songwriter capacity, not so much like orchestration sure, or any of the more, yeah, complex thing, instrumental things, more just, you know, the basic song structure and lyrics part. Yeah. The nice part that, about that, I think is more than ever, I feel like those jobs have become more separate. Like musical theater, it's about the songwriters doing their thing and writing the songs and then bringing on arrangers. Like what comes to mind is Lin-Manuel Miranda and Alex Lacamoire. Like those are usually separate roles. 
And I know Alex Lacamoire has done a ton of projects now, a uh, ton of different musical theater things, kind of starting from that relationship, if I remember right. I might be getting that wrong, but I'm sure it didn't hurt his opportunities for work after doing Hamilton. No, for sure. And I actually, I love Lin-Manuel Miranda's like stuff. I think it's, I don't know, like I, I want his job. Yeah, his, his job is pretty incredible doing musical theater stuff and also just all his work he's done in film. Uh, oh man, Disney, like I, I would love to write for Disney. Yeah, doing like original kind of movies with them and lyrics, that sort of thing, you'd be into that? Dude, that is the dream. That's like, yeah, that's the dream job. Yeah. Someday. Yeah, if you had to choose in that position doing more of a lyric-focused role or more of a composition, if you had to, do you know which one you would want to go for? Mm, that is really tough. I would I would probably say lyrics. It's it's the making them kind of silly, but also like rhythmically subject-wise, like appropriate. Like, yeah, I, I think I think the words part would be the more fun part out of the two. Cool. Yeah. There's so many cool children programs too on like Netflix and all these other ones that have come up that have lyric writing opportunities too. That would be really <laughs> sweet to see you working on something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be really fun, like working at, writing for a kid's show or something similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to go about getting one of those gigs, but I, I do think that would be really sweet. Maybe one of the viewers will send something in. Yes, please do. If you have a, if you have a show lined up and you want a composer, lyricist, call Nelgie. Yeah, if you're a cartoonist who just happens to be watching this, yeah, <laughs> hit me up. Wonderful. Where can people find you online if they want to hear more of your music and if they want to keep up on shows and things like that you have coming up? Well, um, my music is on all the usual streaming platforms, Spotify and Apple Music and such. If you want to just kind of see what I'm up to and where I'm playing next, including, you know, in a session capacity supporting other artists, just follow me on Instagram, Melgy Music. Melgy Music. Awesome. And you mentioned that you have an EP coming out next year to be determined when, but that's that's mm -hmm. the goal. Yeah, it it's coming, you know, concrete details to be decided and then to be announced. But yep, it'll all be out there on Instagram. Do you know, is Frog and Toad, is that going to be part of the EP package, uh, the songs you've already released, or is this going to be all new material? I'm thinking it's going to be all new material because it's going to be majority electric. Frog and cool. Toad, as far as I know, was a little bottle episode. But who knows? You know, yeah. maybe there'll be more folky stuff and it'll kind of like, there'll be some unity there. Yeah. You know, talking about how you had that kind of punk rock on accident experience with your, with your show. Did we talk about that on the podcast <laughs> or was that before? I, I, think that, I think it was a little before. That was before. Okay. We talked about how you just played a show and how some of the tube amps were a little hot and was it was causing mm -hmm. it to just distort a little bit more than you were used to in practice and getting a little punk flare. Frog and Toad could sound pretty cool as like a punk cover. I was just thinking with that kind of descending chord progression. Whoa. That could be kind of fun. 
Whoa, I never thought about that. Yeah, like a straight ahead, like that'd be kind of sick. Okay, I'm I'm going to try that out. I'm going to try that out when we get off this call. Sweet. If you if that happens, please do share because I would love to hear that that version. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today. Really excited for folks to to check out your music, and I'm excited to listen to this song all fall. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me. This is really cool to talk about a lot of the stuff that we already talk about whenever we hang and play. So Yeah, for sure. That was great. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, dude. Thank you. All right. I'll see ya. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Song Saloon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do follow us on Instagram at the Song Saloon or you can go to our website thesongsaloon.com where you can find past episodes, transcriptions, and you can get onto our newsletter to get an email reminder whenever we have episodes come out. Episodes are released twice a month. Please follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll see you next time.